New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, New Vision. This is Ben Curtis again, and yesterday we were introduced to this guy named Agur, and we're going to pick up today where we left off, so I'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 30, beginning in verse 18. I'll read on through the end of the chapter. This is from the New International Version. There are three things that are too amazing for me, four that I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a snake on a rock, the way of a ship on the high seas, and the way of a man with a young woman. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth, and says, I've done nothing wrong. Under three things, the earth trembles. Under four, it cannot bear up. A servant who becomes king, a godless fool who gets plenty to eat, a contemptible woman who gets married, and a servant who displaces her mistress. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Hyrexes are creatures of little power, yet they make their home in the cracks. Locusts have no king, yet they advance together in ranks. A lizard can be caught with a hand, yet it is found in king's palaces. There are three things that are stately in their stride, four that move with stately bearing. A lion, mighty among beasts, who retreats before nothing, a strutting rooster, a he-goat, and a king secure against revolt. If you play the fool and exalt yourself, or if you plan evil, clap your hand over your mouth. For as churning cream produces butter, and as twisting the nose produces blood, so stirring up anger produces strife. Yesterday, we said Agur is an example of someone who is truly wise because he had a humble and a teachable heart. He was willing to admit what he didn't know and understand. And really, from verse 10 on, he shows how pride inevitably leads to a fall. But on the other side, humility is rewarded. So in these uh, verses today, we kind of have a mixture of both of those. We see consequences of pride and humility Uh, Verses 18 through 19, uh, the thing that I see in common in these verses, there's in every one of these examples, there's movement. And and these are examples of movement that amazes, that humbles, that inspires. So there's something about watching a snake move or an eagle fly that just kind of mesmerizes us. It's beautiful. It's interesting. And there's a mystery to creation as we look at an eagle how in the world does an eagle soar through the sky even though he doesn't move his wings? When we watch an eagle fly and then we watch a pigeon fly, it's a totally different experience. So God God made creation to be fascinating. It's it's enjoyable. It's interesting. And, And God's creation even inspires us. We're made in His image, so it inspires us to create. We can build ships that are able to float and cut through the water with amazing speed, and and God has given us even this idea of romance, romantic love. All of these things are meant to humble us. They're meant to inspire us. They're meant to motivate us to worship. 
But in verse 20, this uh, adulterous woman is mentioned. She's a reminder of how God's good world has been distorted by sin. And so she's lost any sense of what's beautiful. Uh, she's if, if the previous verses were examples of things that are inspiring, uh, she's uninspiring. And, and she's lost any sense of even good when it comes to love. Agar realizes that we live in a fallen world where evil is often rewarded, where sometimes destructive people are put into power, and, and even unfaithfulness sometimes wins over faithfulness. In verses 24 through 28, Agar gives some examples, uh, some other examples of wisdom. This time, he looks at wisdom as seen in things that just appear unimpressive or weak. And so you can take the ant that's so tiny, and yet under the ground, the ant has this vast network of storehouses. You take locusts, you know, locusts are able to march in formation, and yet they don't have a leader. You can look at a lizard that is so tiny, so small, we're able to hold in our hands and maybe even control it, and yet that lizard also eavesdrops in king's palaces. So wisdom is not about IQ. These are all small animals. They're small creatures. They're insignificant creatures, and yet they're extremely wise. In in the last uh, pattern, and if you notice, each of these have kind of this three-four pattern, he gives examples of, of those who walk around without fear, right? So it starts with the king of beasts, the lion. The lion is not afraid of anything. But then there's other animals like roosters. We know that roosters strut and he goats as well. They, they tend to strut around and they're all dangerous in their own way. And, and if you've ever been flogged by a rooster, you know what I mean. But the most dangerous person is the last one. This is a this is a king with his army. So there's a majesty, there's a there's a confidence in all of these things. And Edgar gives one final warning. He kind of closes out, just reminding us once more about the foolishness of pride. Don't plan evil, don't mistreat others, because if you do, it's it's only going to lead to anger. You know, as we step back and look at this chapter as a whole, I think Agur would agree with the Apostle Paul who said that God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Our world doesn't believe this. Our world values strength and might and power and and competence, at least the appearance of those things. But God is determined to destroy the wisdom of the world. 1 Corinthians 1.19. He's chosen to use things like badgers and ants and, and even a crucified Messiah to bring to nothing the things that are so that no one can boast before him. Agar's wisdom is that as ironic as it may seem to us, there are rewards waiting for those people who humble themselves. And in Jesus and his cross, we see God, God himself completely humiliated. The world looks at that. The world looks at the cross and says, this is weakness. This is foolishness. But while the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing, the Apostle Paul says to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human flesh. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.